Welcome to Rooted and Robust Podcast. Welcome, people. This is Rooted and Robust Podcast. Welcome to another exciting episode of the show. The show that inspires, informs, educates, and spurs you to cultivate the skills you need to achieve your desired goals and success. And I promise you guys that this month we will bring you amazing content. And I am sure by the time you've listened to this episode, you will be inspired because today, this is one episode that will truly inspire you today my guest has a story that is so inspiring that it will just get you i mean it doesn't matter where you are at um, whatever you're going through in life right now this story will inspire you i am so excited to host terry talker today he is an author He's an international podcast guest there he talks on motivation self-development and mental health he has won many caps before in his life, right? So he has been a college basketball player, a marketing executive, a hospital administrator, a SWAT simple state negotiator, a high school basketball coach, a business owner, and many, many other things. But that is not why he is here today. Why he is here, I'll let you know. <laughs> well, recently he went through cancer and he is one I call a cancer warrior. That is a story that he's going to share with us today. What that has been for him, the journey through that, what life has been after that, and many, 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 many stories that you will hear today. So welcome, Terry. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for coming on board. Wozzy, thanks for having me on. I'm really looking forward to talking with you today. Yeah, thank you so much. So let me start from the very beginning. What was it for you before 10 years ago? I know 10 years ago was when the cancer story started, right? Yeah, 2012. So, 2012. So what, what was it like before cancer? Let's start from there. Yeah, I mean, I was just like probably everybody else on the planet going about living my life at the time I had a school security consulting business. Mm -hmm. And I also coached girls high school basketball. Uh, you know, was married, uh, had, have a daughter. Our daughter's now married herself. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was just going about living my life and I had a callus break open on the bottom of my foot, right below my third toe. Mm -hmm. And initially I didn't think much of it because as a coach, you know, you're on your feet a lot. Yeah. But after a few weeks of it not healing, I went to see a podiatrist, a foot doctor friend of mine. And he took an x-ray and he said, Terry, I think you have a little cyst in there and I can cut it out. And he did. And he showed it to me. It was just a little gelatin sack with some white fat in it. No dark spots, no blood, nothing that gave either one of us concern. But he sent it off to have it examined. Uh, pathologically. And then two weeks later, I got a call from him. And as I said, he was a friend of mine. And the more difficulty he was having explaining what yeah. was going on, mm -hmm. the more frightened, to be honest with you, the more frightened I became. Until finally, he just laid it out for me. He said, Terry, I've been a doctor for 25 years. 
I have never seen the form of cancer that you have. You have a rare form of melanoma, which is normally a, a skin type of disease. You have this rare form of melanoma that appears on the bottom of the feet or the palms of the hands. And because my cancer was so incredibly rare, he recommended I go to probably the best cancer hospital in the United States, MD Anderson, and be treated. And so that started my 10-year journey with cancer. Wow. So that was before 2012. Now, in from 2012 to 2020, when the, the, the leg itself was amputated, what was that 10-year stretch like? Because I can't even begin to wrap my head around that. But what was that journey like for you? And I mean, for your family, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think you do this, you know, by yourself. You have to do it with a team, hopefully your yeah. family, your doctors, your your technicians and all that. It, it, it's been very difficult. Uh, I, I won't lie to you. When I when I was initially treated, I had the, the tumor cut out on the bottom of my foot. And then I had all the lymph nodes in my left groin removed as well. And when I healed, my doctor, my oncologist, put me on a drug called interferon to help keep the disease from coming back. The mm -hmm. side effects of the interferon were that it gave me severe flu-like symptoms uh, every week after each injection. And I took those weekly injections for almost five years. So imagine having the flu every week for five years. And that wasn't a cure. That was, as my oncologist used to say, we're trying to kick the can down the road to yeah. buy you more time for more therapies to become available. Hmm. Um, so I five years of interferon, and then I ended up in the intensive care unit of the hospital with a fever of 108 degrees because of the toxicity mm -hmm. to my body of the interferon. 108 degrees is usually not compatible with being alive. So I had to stop the, the drug. And almost immediately after stopping the interferon, the cancer came back in the exact same area on my wow. foot where it had presented five years earlier. And that was 2017, 2018. I had to have my left foot amputated. 2019, the cancer worked its way up my leg into my shin, requiring two more surgeries. And then, as you just mentioned, in 2020, I had my left leg amputated when an undiagnosed tumor kind of in my ankle area grew large enough that it fractured my tibia, my shin bone. And, and my only recourse, and, and again, this was right in the middle of the pandemic, was to have my leg amputated above the knee. And I also found out I had tumors in my lungs and I'm still being treated for those tumors now. So that's kind of the, the, the 10 year journey. And I know it sounds dark and ugly and scary, but I'll tell you this much, cancer has made me a better human being. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. I think this is where we're going to start today because everyone or most people would will just take this as a, a heavy blow and just you know shrink on that and that will be the end but it feels like the more life hits at you the more you come back stronger motivated to go on stronger and all so i want to know what has been the motivating factor for you what has inspired you to keep going? I mean, you've just gone through the leg and now it's the lungs and 
what what is that thing that keeps you going? I think it's I think it's a lot of things. Um, I, I think it's I guess to start with and probably most importantly, what I call my three F's, and and that stands for faith, family, and friends. And I, I've always had a very strong faith in God. And you know, people ask me when I got cancer, we're, we're great here in the United States about blaming. You know, very yeah. few people take personal responsibility for their own success and happiness. And so people were like, well, who do you blame because you got cancer? And I looked at them, I'm like, what do you mean, who do I blame? I don't blame anybody. You know, and then it, that, that would usually evolve into, well, you must blame God because you got cancer. And I sort of joke, I said, you know, no, I don't think God got up on a Tuesday morning and checked his to-do list and said, right. hey, Terry Tucker's gonna get cancer today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I, I don't blame anybody. and. And I think when I initially got the disease, when I was diagnosed with it, you know, I went through a lot of the emotions that, that we all go through when we think about grief. You know, I was kind of in denial. I was mad. I sort of bargained with God and eventually got to the point where I, I just accepted it, realizing that these were the cards that I've been dealt and I'm going to have to play these cards to the best of my ability. And, and I don't know how that's going to turn out. I don't know what, what it's going to be like, but I'm going to have to do the best I can. So faith has certainly been something that's that's helped me through this. My family, um, it's my wife and daughter and I, and, and I remember after I had my leg amputated, my doctor wanted to put me on chemotherapy mm -hmm. for the tumors in my lungs. And I looked at him like, well, is it is that going to save my life? And he kind of shook his head and he said, probably not, but it may buy you some more time. And I, I, I'm like, well, I don't think I want to do that if the outcome is going to be the same as if I don't take chemotherapy, you know? Oh. So I said, but I'll go home and I'll talk to my family. And so I go home and, I, and it's kind of a funny story. I, I'm talking to my wife and daughter and, and my daughter at this time is in high school and, mm -hmm. and she, she's like, Okay, we need a family meeting. I'm like, family meeting, there's three of us. You know, it's not yeah. like we got a board here or something, you know? So we, we sit around the kitchen table and we talk individually about how everybody feels about me having chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And then when we're all done with that, my daughter's like, all right, let's take a vote. How many people want dad to have chemotherapy? And my wife and daughter raised their hand. And I'm like, wait a minute, am I getting outvoted <laughs> for something? <laughs> You know, I don't want to do. Yeah. But one of the jobs, and you mentioned this earlier, one of the things I've done is, is I was a policeman. I was a SWAT team hostage negotiator. Mm -hmm. And what I what I remember is when I was in the police academy learning to be a policeman, our defensive tactics instructor used to have us bring a photograph, <coughs> excuse me, of the people we love the most to class. And as we were learning techniques to defend ourselves, we were to look at that photograph because he reasoned you will fight harder for the people you love than you will fight for yourself. Yeah. So I ended up taking chemotherapy, not because I wanted to, but because my family wanted me to, and I love them more than I love myself. So that was that's the second F. And then finally, the third F is, is friends. And I think you really find out who your friends are when you're going through a real tough time in your true, life, you know, true. who's there for you? I mean, who's who's caring about you, loving you, supporting you, uplifting you, you know, cheering you on to be successful. And it doesn't have to be a cancer or a disease. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything you're trying in life. 
And I, I've, I've often, you know, wondered about people who would just kind of say, hey, if you need anything, let me know. Because I think those are the people that are sort of sitting in the, on the sidelines and trying to convince their self, themselves that they're playing in the game. Mm -hmm. So I always, you know, if you want to help me, if you want to, you know, if you love me and care about me, don't ask me what you can do to help. Just get involved, figure out something out and do it. Because yeah. in all honesty, I don't have time to tell you how you can help. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Oh, my God. Wow. And one, one amazing thing about your journey is you have used your story to inspire people. I mean, you wrote a book, you, you've spoken on many podcast shows and all of that and all of that. So you're the founder of Motivational Check. So what was Motivational Check about? And I'm sure this story inspired that, but what was the Motivational Check about? So motivational check is is my blog, and 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 every day on my blog I put up a, a thought for the day, and with that thought comes a question about maybe how you could apply that life that that thought into your life. Uh, on Mondays I put up the Monday morning motivational message, which a lot of times is a video I found online or a story uh, that I think you know would would help people with resiliency. And, and then I, I wrote the book, Sustainable Excellence, The 10 Principles to Leading Your Uncommon and Extraordinary Life. And it was really a book born out of two conversations that I had. One was uh, with a former basketball player that I had coached who had moved to the area in the United States where my wife and I live with her fiance. And, and we had dinner one night and I remember saying to her after dinner, you know, I'm really excited that you're living close and I can watch you find and live your purpose. And she got real quiet for a while. And then she looked at me and she said, well, coach, what do you think my purpose is? I said, I have no idea what your purpose is, but that's what your life should be about. Finding the reason you were put on the face of this earth, using your unique gifts and talents and living that reason. So that was one conversation. And then I had a young man reach out to me on social media and ask me what I thought were the most important things that he should learn to not just be successful in his, in his job or in business, but to be successful in life. And I didn't want to give him the, you know, get up early, work hard, help others. Not that those aren't important. They are very important. But I wanted to see if I could go deeper with him. So I took some time and I wrote some notes and eventually I had these, these 10 thoughts, these 10 ideas, these 10 principles, and I sent them to him. And then I kind of stepped back and I was like, well, I've got a life story that fits underneath this principle, or I know somebody whose life emulates that principle. So literally during the period of time after I had my leg amputated while I was healing, before I started the chemotherapy, I sat down at the computer every day and I built stories and they're real stories about real people under each of the principles. And that's how sustainable excellence came to be. Wow, and I'm sure this this book is still on sale, right? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's on Amazon, it, it's on Apple iBooks, pretty much anywhere online you can get a book, you can get sustainable excellence. Yeah, because I mean, anyone listening will want to get and be inspired by the stories you have on that book. But then I want to I want to I want to talk about mental health because this has been a topic that has you know, it's been a thing in in the past few years. So you are one person that personally have had to go through 
uh, this journey and i know it wasn't just a physical thing it was also a mental thing for you so how did you deal with mental issues that throughout this period and even going forward how did you deal with depression you know those kind of mental problems and all yeah that, that's a great question i think covid has um had a really bad effect on people's mental health mm-hmm. and i think partially because it's caused us to be isolated you know and we are not we we are human beings who need to be with each other you know we need that that connection and and and, and i'll be honest with you, you know i do, i do do talks and i go on podcasts where i talk about you know the importance of motivation and mental health and mindset and the need to keep moving forward but i am i'm a human being i have bad days you know there are days i cry there are days i get down there are days i feel depressed and w- when i do that you know i i think about it this way when when we're depressed when we're feeling sorry for ourselves we're looking inward we're you know oh woe is me look at me i'm feeling bad and all that yeah. kind of stuff we're totally focused on us and i what i found is and and this works for me i i i hope it works for for your audience as well is when i get in those places i try to find somebody to help you can always mm-hmm. find somebody who's worse off than you and and so i it's i stop focusing on me and i start focusing outward on somebody else yeah. even if it's picking up the phone and and making a phone call to you know a friend that may be having a tough day or, or something like that now you're not focused on you anymore you're focused on another person and you're making that connection and by making that connection you're stopping that i'm looking inside and woe is me and you're focused more on hey how can i make a difference in this person's life mm-hmm. so that that's one way to i think about it the other way i think about it is this we're all going to experience pain in our lives and it doesn't have to be cancer pain or even in any kind of an illness it could be you know you break up with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or you you flunk a test at school or mm-hmm. you know you yeah. don't get the promotion at work that you believe you deserve pain is inevitable in our lives suffering suffering is optional suffering is what you do with that pain do you mm-hmm. take it and use it to make you a stronger and more resilient individual or as we were just talking about do you wallow in it and feel sorry for yourself Yeah. and want other people to feel sorry for you. You know, I, one of the things that I learned and I, I was fortunate, you can't tell this from my voice, but I'm I'm 6 foot 8 inches tall wow. and I played college basketball uh, at a fairly high level, men, spent many years, but I I still did that. And one of the things I think that team sports teaches us is the importance of being part of something that's bigger than yourself. Than you, true. Yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, you realize on a team that if you don't do your job, not only do you let yourself down, but you let your teammates down. Yeah, yeah your coaches down, your fans down, etc. And if you think about it, the biggest team game that we all play is this game of life. Mm-hmm. So, that that's another thing that that keeps me going and 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 something again, that's focusing more on the outward. You know, how how can I be part of something that's bigger than me. What can I get involved in so that I'm not feeling sorry for myself so that I'm, you know, I'm not saying hey, hey woe is me and everybody look at me, you know, the world revolves around me. The world doesn't. And and I always tell young people especially, hey, mm-hmm. you're unique. You have unique gifts and talents. 
but you're not special. I yeah. hate to tell you that, you're not special. <laughs> you're unique, right. but you're not special. Mm -hmm. And those people that think, hey, it's all about me, it's not all about you. Yeah. It's you individually can't do anything. Us collectively, you being part of that, mm -hmm. we can do anything we set our minds to. True. That, in fact, that's life, really, because God didn't make us to just be isolated. He made us to be social beings. He made us to connect. And once we, we are not connecting, we are nothing. And like you pointed out, COVID brought that reality to us. I mean, it, it affected everyone. And we could tell that no 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 we can't we can't do without each other and it's really really been great that we learned that because it was important i think it was important we learned the need to connect with one another bond with family and being each other's life growing and doing life together amazing so when you go teaching and inspiring people with your story does it bring back moments of pain and or is it that this time you've kind of put all of that behind you? Is that even possible? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think it is. And, and in all honesty, I don't think I want to put it behind me, you know, because it's it's made me a better person. It's, it's made me a, a more caring person, a more compassionate person. I had a nurse uh, who asked me a question recently. And when I met this nurse, uh, she was she was already a nurse, but she was in training on the unit where I get my infusions every three weeks. And so she's about 25 years old, so she's pretty young. And and one day she was caring for me a couple months ago by herself. She'd already she gotten through her training, and she said, "Terry, I've got a story I'd like to tell you, but I'm a little uncomfortable saying it." And you know, I didn't know how to respond to that. I mean, yeah. it's like, well. It sounds like maybe it'll be a great story. I, I, I hope you do decide you want to tell it to me. And eventually she worked up the courage. And, and this is what she told me. She said, you know, Terry, when I first met you, I was going to get out of nursing. I, I had had a very good friend of mine die. Wow. I was in a very dark place. I talked to my parents and I was going to quit nursing and I was going to go to work for Amazon. Mm -hmm. And then I met you. And I see all the ugliness that you go through for your treatments. You you shake, you throw up, you have a headache, you feel lousy, you know, and it just beats you up. And I read about your story and everything you've been through. And after reading about all that, I realized I was where I was supposed to be. And if you think about that, who out, who's out there? You know, all the people that are listening to us, yeah. who is out there that you don't even know would trade places with you, that that your life has had an impact on them and you don't even know it. And there was a, a basketball coach here in the United States back in the 1970s who had a saying that went like this, a careful person I want to be, a little person follows me. I dare not go astray for fear they may go the same way. So I always try to remember that, you know, even when I'm having bad days, people are watching me. And I'm not what I'm not what I'm not saying here is that you have to live a life based on what other people say or think or do. No. You have to live your own life that's true to you. But always remember there are people out there that would trade places with you, you know, in the snap of a finger. I mean, I don't care how bad you think your life is, yeah. there are other people who would like to be in your shoes. So I think that's one thing. And then I'll give you another nurse story real quick. 
I had a nurse ask me what it was like to have my foot amputated and to have my leg amputated. And, and I told her, I said, it, it has not been easy. It's been mm -hmm. actually very difficult. It's been two years since my leg amputation and I'm still learning how to walk again. Yeah. And basically what I told her was, cancer can take all my physical faculties, but cancer can't touch my mind, it can't touch my heart, and it can't touch my soul. And that's who I am. That's who you are, Ozzy. I, I mean, yeah. that's who our, your listeners are. It's not, this body is just something to house your heart, your mind, and your soul, because that's who you really are. So focus on those things and less on, you know, how do I look or what are people saying about me? And the heck with that. Focus on your heart, your mind, and your soul. Your heart, your mind, your soul. That is the focus. That is what is most important. Now, finally, I'm going to ask you this. If you were to talk to someone coming up, I mean, we live in an, in, in an age where people are under pressure to, to be a certain kind of person, do a certain kind of thing, that the pressure is high on young people. So you are older, you have experienced life. If you are to address people in their young age, what would you say to them? I would say this, everything you need to be successful in life is already inside you. You just need to find it, pull it out and use it to your advantage. The, the world isn't gonna give you anything. I mean, it doesn't owe you anything. It's not going to give you anything. Whatever you want in life, figure out why you were put on the face of this earth. Find out what your passion is, your purpose is, your why is, whatever you want to call it. Find out what that is. Spend time with it. And sometimes doing that may take 10 years or 20 years or 30 years or 40 years, but don't quit. Don't give up on yourself because like, oh, I'm bored. I'm just, I'm comfortable where I am. Nobody ever grows when they're comfortable. Mm -hmm. You need to become uncomfortable. You need to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I try to do this every day of my life. I try to do one thing, one small thing that makes me nervous, that scares me, that makes me uncomfortable, that's potentially embarrassing. Because if you do those small things every day, when the big disasters in life hit us, and they hit all of us, we lose somebody who's close to us, we lose our job, we're living out of our car, we've all heard the stories. If you do those small things every day to make yourself more resilient, when the big things in life, you'll be so much more ready to handle those things. So find your purpose in life, use your unique gifts and talents, and live that, pur live that purpose. Because if you do, I'm gonna promise you two things. At the end of your life, you're going to be one, a whole lot happier, yeah. and two, you're going to have a whole lot more peace in your heart. Mm. That is the most important peace. Wow. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Well, thank you for having me. I, I always say it's nice people like you that allow me to come on and hopefully between our conversation, we're going to make a difference in somebody's life. And if we do that, today's been a good day. It is. It is definitely been a good day. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. All right. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. What could you possibly be going through in life that you can't trust God enough 
to see you through. I don't know what that could be. I'm not sure it exists. But whatever it is you're going through, I'm sure Terry's story has inspired you to stay put and not give up. I mean, this is a man that has not just gone through leg cancer. He's also going through lung cancer at the moment. And he's so inspiring, so motivated, seeing the positives in life. I mean, there is nothing as inspiring as this right now. Trust me. Wow. This is Rooted and Robust Podcast. Remember, this is the show that inspires you, informs and educates you. So I'm sure this is inspiring. <laughs> and I'm sure this has inspired you not to give up, to just hold on. And I promise you, it will make sense. It will be it will be worth the while at the end of the day. My name is Ozioma Anyoji. And until I come your way next week with another episode, have a beautiful week. God bless you. Bye-bye.